recording. Green button. Hi, Emmaus. Welcome to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode eight, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaron, but no Kennedy. Hey, hello. How are we doing? Jaron, it's taken a few tries to get this podcast started. <laughs> we, uh, we, and it's only because of our amazing guests that you're about to meet here in a few minutes, audience. So hang, hang tight. Uh, where's Kennedy? Kennedy is actually at a missions conference in Seattle. So her January has included New York City and Seattle, two cool wow. cities. Very cold this time of year, but um, really excited. Kennedy's getting to travel and put her gifts to work. If you want to see Kennedy soon, uh, sign up to come to the missions lunch on February 5th. If you're interested in any upcoming missions trips, that'll be a great uh, place to start that. So I know many of you who listen to this podcast love to go on mission trips, want to know more about that. Sign up for that lunch immediately after the worship service on February 5th, and you can give Kennedy all kinds of ideas for upcoming podcasts. I know she would love that. So we have two amazing guests today. Jaron and I have our wives on the podcast today. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, ladies. Hey, guys. Hey. Great to have you all. I think this is, uh, we've, we've attempted to start this podcast two or three times now. <laughs> it's resulted in a lot of uh, a lot of laughter. We had to determine what rating we were going to give this podcast. You know, we're trying to keep it all in the, the kind of the PG world. So I think we can do that. What do you think? We, I mean... Christine totally can. <laughs> Amanda, are you concerned about? Uh, I think you can do this, babe. I think you've got Amanda this. just brings the humor. I'm you, here yeah. for levity. You've got this. Love you've it. got this. Just uh, keep keep rolling. I'm I'm really glad we did not record some of the time before we got started. I think people so, are missing out. Yeah, they're missing out. They definitely are. So <laughs> we mentioned a few weeks ago when Karen Live was on the podcast that we needed to have an all ladies podcast, and after today, that's probably going to sound like a really great idea. Definitely. Um, Jaron and I will never be invited back if we get to that point. So Amanda, Christine, Kennedy, Karen, live. That sounds like a great call. That, that does great time to me. I, can the, can the, I don't know how to work that computer. So Can the <laughs> podcast world survive that? That's the question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, uh, it can thrive. To, to make that. So uh, one last pod, uh, last week's podcast, we jokingly tried to get some sponsorships for the podcast. So we tried out the American Pickleball Association. Keeps showing up on Sunday afternoon. We had a huge turnout mm-hmm. this this week at two o'clock. So lots of fun. Uh, F- Fuzzy's Taco tried that out. Amanda, we need sponsors for the podcast. Pressure. Who do you have in mind? Pressure. Do you want me to go with this one here? No, I want you to go with whatever. Who do we need to be sponsored by? I don't know. Christine, what are your thoughts? Um, I had thought about Crumple Cookie because oh. solid. It's a solid. Because some days you just need a cookie, and okay. I felt like it yeah. just went in line with what Overrated. we were talking about today. Oh, ouch! Oh. He's got feels. Oh. He's got now, strong feels. Let's be honest; they are completely not healthy for you. <laughs> like everything no. about a Crumble no. Cookie. But that's not the point. You think they're? You think they're overrated? Jared? Well, I'm. I'm savory. Okay. You want a guy. savory cookie? No, I just give me another. Piece like, of chicken instead of dessert. Oh, okay. you're not a sweets guy, no, is what you're saying. Okay. I can be, and I have grown to be, unfortunately, the last few months working okay. on that. But uh, <laughs> it's fine. I'm literally holding in that comment. <laughs> Bring really it, Amanda. I had such, no, no, no. I had such Let's a not. good... Let's not. <laughs> practicing discernment. Okay, Christine. No fa- favorite, favorite crumble cookie. What do you think? Power ranking those crumble cookies. What, what do you oh. think? I like the Kentucky butter cake one. It's oh. like a, it is kind of a savory cookie. It's kind of a buttery one, like cornbready. Mm, it wasn't cornbread, but it was. It, it was, was a butter cake. Yeah, it was. 
it just wasn't super sweet. It was more of a buttery. It was more good. savory. More oh. savory. Oh, wow. It's like you erupt. Wow. It's like we planned this. So, Amanda, we tell the people your favorite crumble cookie. The golden Oreo oh. yes. is amazing. It'll change your world. It'll yeah. change your world. Yeah. It's the best cookie they have. That's really the only time we go. We usually. gotta look for that one to come. I mean, I, I look at the, the list circuit. every week to make sure I know what's available, <laughs> just 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 in case. So, uh, before we get started, Amanda said we needed to be sponsored by the local chiropractic places because mm. last night her and Austin attempted a little bit of a what would you call that? I would call it like a acrobatic routine <laughs> in our living room. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it it was with Austin flipping me over her back. In which, you know what, I feel like with all things in life, you learn the first time. You've got to make some adjustments. And uh, then you maybe are more successful the second time. And our first attempt is why I need a chiropractor today. Yeah. But my second attempt was successful. So that's pretty good. Like, and maybe the day would come that we would share that video with people, possibly. I would totally maybe. share yeah, that video would. with people. You would. We'll have to see. We'll I actually see. would do that on yeah. social. Hey, how about a transition here? So you're talking about parenting teenagers, and you're talking about us being on here as as spouses. So let's talk about two things. We're going to talk about the marriage night coming up on February 5th. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, and we really want you, Emmaus, to invite people to come with you February 5th, 5 p.m. to the marriage night. But speaking of this weekend ministry opportunities, January 27th through 29th is United Weekend, which is a huge weekend for our students, Jaron and Christine. When you guys hear United Weekend, oh my. give us your emotions. Jaron is rubbing his eyes and his head right now. <laughs> give us your emotions, your your thoughts on United Weekend. Uh, the blessings, uh, the ups and downs. Oh, what comes to mind? Oh, a lot of, man, just a lot of positives, a lot of fun. Uh, it's probably the most active our church can be involved in student ministry at one just one weekend, right? A lot of loud opportunity to serve. Host uh, homes, volunteers, yes. people driving people around, making yeah. food, serving. Absolutely, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it is a lot of work, and uh, I'd I'd plan two or three false creeks before doing a United Weekend, <laughs> as far as stress and work goes. So, uh, I'm trying to train myself post student ministry that I can be excited about these events now without the stress. I could be there to support Cody and yeah. all the work that's going on. So before no. we walked over here, I heard you over there pumping Cody up like you're gonna make it, man. <laughs> you, you can do this. So you Definitely. were you were coaching him along. So Definitely. Christine, United Weekend. It just it's a lot of moving pieces and but a lot of late nights, but a lot of fun. I always mm-hmm. used to go and like visit all the girls' houses late night and just see what they were doing and stuff. And so I always loved it. It was a great time to hang out. It's a good time for the group. It's a great unity time. Yeah. Yeah. And Emmaus, as we think about making the gospel known, proclaiming and displaying Jesus, we know student ministry is a huge part of that for for our church and the impact that student ministry can happen, uh, have the way that God works in teenagers' lives. And Amanda, I know this is particularly close to your heart just because of your own story, how you came to faith in Christ. So for people that don't know in the church, share your story of how you came to faith in Christ and the role that student ministry played in that. Um, so for me, I grew up in a, uh, I guess I would just say like it was a non-Christian household. And so I, I didn't grow up hearing about faith. I didn't grow up going to church. And so the first time I was actually invited to go to church and even begin to hear anything of like about the things of God was in seventh grade. And I began to go to Sunday school. And I remember just being blown away by the atmosphere and what I was hearing about and just new truths and stories that I had never heard about before. And so then I actually became a believer that summer at Falls Creek. So it would be the summer right after seventh grade. So for me, I feel like that's a big 
uh, influential part in my life of maybe why I like youth ministry so much is because that was when I first came to know Jesus. Mm. And then simultaneously with that, like feeling like God was a couple years later calling me into ministry, uh, I think that's also like just part of my heart of discipleship is seeing that there's just a lot of young ladies that, um, whether they feel called to ministry or not, just seeing that discipleship is such a a needed part, but especially for young females and wanting to provide that which I would have been given back then. Yeah. What When you think about showing up as a seventh grader to that Sunday school classroom, to church, you mentioned the environment or just things you were experiencing. What what do you remember? Like what stands out from that? Um, I think at that time, like it just, it, it, I remember it was a very loving environment, which was really helpful. Mm. I also remember feeling that I didn't know the words and I wasn't familiar with the stories and the context. And so there was some disconnect for me. And I feel like that's really impacted how I do ministry now, wanting to make sure that nobody feels like the the truth of God's word or reading God's word is unapproachable, that mm-hmm. they can ask the questions. They can say, I didn't know that there's an Old and New Testament. What does that mean? Um, I had a great conversation and I teach a junior and senior girl Sunday school. And there is a young lady in our class who's become a believer just a few months ago. And as I was praying and wrapping up the morning teaching this last Sunday, I had prayed that all of us in the room would be salt and light this week. So as I wrapped up the prayer and afterwards, she asked me, she was like, Amanda, what does it mean to be salt and light? Like, what what are you talking about? So we had a great conversation about Matthew and Matthew 5 and just talking through like what that means and how that applies. And I think sometimes we, we easily overlook that which we've heard so often, so frequently, and we not dismiss it, but we... We're just familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't catch our ear as much. And so for her, it is beautiful and fascinating watching her hear and learn these mm-hmm. new truths and concepts as a new believer. And so I just, I love that part. So I think yeah. that for me, it was influential kind of seeing things that were both good and um, uncomfortable when I was that age and having to bring myself and ask my parents to drop me off. And my, I, my faith had to become my own from the beginning. I never had anybody bringing me. So being a first generation Christian, like that was a different, a different life uh, than I think than our own kids have, right? It's a different yeah. no, that's perspective. Really good. And Christine, it's interesting. Your story has some similarities to that. Tell, tell us your story of coming to faith and, and how God kind of worked at that time in your life. Um, sure. Um, I moved back to the Moore area um, when I was coming into the eighth grade and um, it was coming off of a really tumultuous season in my life and I didn't really know anybody um, when I was coming back to this area and it just so happened that the people I befriended in junior high were all people that went to church and that was not because I was seeking that out that's just how God was working um, to orchestrate those things so starting in eighth grade, I had a group of friends who were inviting me to church um, and it was several different denominations. Like, so I had a lot of exposure to some different things, <laughs> but I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so it was all new to me. My parents were not opposed to me going. So I went like I just was going um, and they invited me to church for years. Um, I was kind of the event girl. You know, I kind of came to the big things with them for um, quite some time. And, um, I just eventually, I wanted to be there on Wednesday nights. And so I kind of started more consistently coming and I did, um, my, fr- I had more friends that were connected to Emmaus than I did these other churches. And so they were the ones that like, they made sure I had a ride. They were going to come and get me. Their parents were the ones. And so, um, and my parents would bring me some too. Like if I had asked them, I, they, like I said, they weren't opposed, but 
anyway, they'd get me here. And so then as I kind of got into high school, I was working. I worked on Sundays at a golf course all through high school. And so didn't really allow me to be at church. But then at the summer before my junior, or the summer, yeah, summer before my junior year, um, I just asked my boss if I could have Sunday mornings off. And I was like kind of scared, you know, <laughs> I'd really like to go to church. You know, could I wait to come until like one? And <clears throat> she was very gracious and allowed me to start coming. Anyway, so I just wanted to be here. And I was very similar to Amanda in the sense that I didn't know anything. I didn't even have, like, my grandma had given me a King James um, version of the Bible, like, when I was a kid. And I was bringing that to church. And, like, my very first Sunday school teachers and the youth were like, here, let let me give you another, you know, let me give you this Bible. It might be easier to read, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I had a lot of nervousness attached to being here. Like, I always felt uncomfortable. And everyone knows what I don't know. You know, I felt, but they didn't treat me that way. It was just, I felt that anyway. And so I, um started coming more consistently and then the fall of my junior year I was 16 is when I first just um I was at a Wednesday night service and the first time I just really had that connection of this is for me like he died for me and um, I understood the gospel in a way that I hadn't before and um our youth pastor and his wife were just amazing and just immediately just pulled pulled me in and um, discipled me in our group. I, it was one of those things I didn't even know, but they'd been praying for me. You know, they all stuck around that night and were afterwards they were like, we've been praying for you for so long. And I was just like, whoa, that's really weird because I was like, they're all paying attention to what's going on here. But, um, so, um, I love that. Yeah. And Jaron, uh, mm-hmm. Christine coming to Emmaus, good thing for you, huh? Very, very positive. <laughs> yeah. Very good for you. That that's part very of how thankful. you guys connected, right? What's the story? Yeah, it is exactly. So, uh, my family was attending here at Emmaus, and she was invited, and so it just came about that we somehow figured out we wanted to hang out together, and, you know, confident, young, strapping lad that I was, <laughs> uh, had to be coached by this said uh, stu- uh, student pastor, Michael Staten, over at Mustang, had to help me how to approach her and how to ask her <laughs> on a date and how to do all those things, because I, I just didn't have a whole lot of experience with that, so... Um, no, it was a very gracious thing of the Lord to bless me with such a wonderful woman and thankful for those seasons of our life where we met in youth group and uh, got to be there from the beginning with her coming to know the Lord and walking through all that. So that's that's so really cool. cool. And you fast forward that story. You're still serving at Emmaus, uh, added three boys yeah. uh, along the way, uh, yeah. which is which is pretty amazing how how the Lord has worked in in all those ways in your guys life. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, so uh, of course that that that's a whole other story with the boys and the family growing and whatnot. But it's it's certainly a it's a blessing of God to be able to see how He works, and we wouldn't write the story. Oh yeah, how, it's, how it's come about. Yeah. So you know, our our oldest thirteen year old is in the youth group, so he's enjoying everything that we gave our heart and life to yeah. for a long time at, at Emmaus, and we're thankful for Cody and the ministry he has with him and Jeremiah eight and. Uh, Thomas, three-year-old, bringing up the caboose, and he's he's lots of fun and lots of work, but we're enjoying that as well. So we're just we're just thankful. That's so good. And Amanda, you're called the ministry that the Lord gave you uh, back at good old First Baptist UConn back in the day, led to Oklahoma Baptist, where I was at Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, would you like to tell the story 
of how we met at Oklahoma Baptist, or would you like me to tell the story? Which that story, like who the connector was, is I, that what we're talking about? I don't. About? Which version of this? We, you know, we're limited on time here. <laughs> which version? I mean, of this I story? feel like we have all the time in the world. Like I we're in charge of the computer. People would be okay with that's, a little extra time true. to hear the details. Okay. Of the story. I mean, it's okay. fine. Lay, no, so lay, I went lay it out there for lay, the people. Lay, I don't know what you want me to lay out. Just, <laughs> I'm a warning. We're sixteen you. minutes in. We're good. We're good. That's real. Um, so I, after senior year, I attended Super Summer for the first time, which is a wonderful opportunity. That's uh, basically like a discipleship opportunity for students that's at Oklahoma Baptist University in the summers. Our students normally go the week after Falls Creek is what they've typically done. And you are connected with other students there, just really growing in depth in your faith and um, being discipled by other adults that have a passion for that. And so I was there. They put you into small groups, and you are not partnered with anyone from your church, so it's an opportunity to meet people outside of that. And I connected with who ended up being Owen's roommate in college. So he was in my family group, so like a brother, if you will, is what he was. And Pop Rogers, the Pop man Rogers, himself. the mm. man, the myth, the legend. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then when you got to college, you know, you go those first few weeks, and it's all about like, oh, let's do this thing, and everyone invites their roommate because no one knows anyone, and it's like awkward blind dating, but not, but like (laughs) just giant groups of people all meeting together. And so I knew Pup and Pup invited his roommate, which happened to be Owen Neese. There you go. Is that that the short version? Is that the short version? I mean, I feel like it's a short version. I feel like that was pretty short. We bounced bounced through a couple of years of of college there and we were, we did, we did find the value of of foundation of good friendship before you date. We We, were great friends. We did find that. Yeah. Because we didn't date until senior year of college. So we were great friends for three years. I was, I was just waiting patiently for that. Were you? For that time. Is that, is that how we're going to call it? (laughs) (laughs) Is that? So was it a a mutual pursuit? Uh, I was interested as a freshman, but like nothing really happened. I don't know about this guy. And then it just took me a couple of years to come around to, to the greatness of. That's what I'm going to say. So that, that's on me. I I can't blame anybody else. You know what? Here's a great, marriage advice thing let's okay, throw this out here jump, let's go let's segue into, shall we get us get us there quickly. i mean we're not going to so. segue because we didn't talk about the other things i don't that's, know what you want that's but, all right get us there quickly but my thought though with this is that sometimes in marriage right you uh this was your thing you expected to date and marry someone who was owen 2.0 like you expected a version closer this, to you this is and getting good people and i'm very much your opposite like Oh, yes. Very much. (laughs) I was like, everyone in the house said amen. Do you see us on stage when we golf? Clearly, we're opposites. I'm like. This is gold. I'm like up there just like razzing you. Owen's face is red. It is red. Did I expect it? Yes, you even told me that one time. I I know it's hard to believe. It was true. I think you expected someone maybe a little bit more quieter, more demure. (laughs) Demure. (laughs) And instead, you got like hurricane and sunshine. (laughs) 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 That's why Karen Live loves you so. That's why everyone loves me. Yeah. That's, that's why everyone loves that me. That is true, though. But we did find we did have the foundation of friendship. Yes. And so when the time did come, senior year, that that I woke up and realized you know, what needed to happen, then we did have this that amazing person so, yeah. sitting before you for years. Yes. And then that how has patient led. you are, Amanda. How patient I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but patient. I will say that I got to the point that I was like, if he doesn't recognize the amazingness in front of him. <laughs> your loss <laughs> that's probably where that came to that's and a, then the the lord impressed upon him that's amazing so the greatness of obu and being able to be there together 
<laughs> comes full circle that now we're at Emmaus and we're still connected to OBU in some cool ways. And the OBU president and his wife, so Heath and Jill, who have some striking similarities to us in certain ways. They are very he, similar Heath to Heath and us. I are similar in ways. And you and Jill, you guys are similar in some very important ways as well. Got some fire. So, uh, <laughs> so that's really good. So we're excited quality. for them to be here February 5th doing that. All right. We have a few minutes here uh, just to talk about marriage and investing in marriages. And so uh, while Amanda and I silently work on our marriage next to each other here for <laughs> a few minutes. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's good. We're, we're going to get a chance to share some more here in a few minutes. And, and what you said is exactly right. Jaren and Christine, talk to us about people who have influenced your marriage, uh, things that you guys have learned just just sharing uh, with the church. And sometimes we can learn the most through the difficulties and the challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talk to us a little bit uh, about marriage and what you guys have learned and who's impacted your lives. I mean, I, I think for us, given how long we've been able to stay at one place, um, so you get a lot of exposure to a lot of different marriages and a lot of people. And so I think for us, influences are the people we get to serve with here at Emmaus. I mean, just today, Owen, you know, Jim Harris, oh yeah, bearing his wife today, and just the model and example of a, a godly husband who cares for his wife all the way to the end is just such an incredible Absolutely. picture of grace and the gospel. And so we, we learn a lot by watching and observing people, and uh, that's, that's by far for, for me a, an incredible an encouragement. And just... Just to be able to speak a word of encouragement to a lot of our senior adults to just say thank you for keep going. Yeah. For your perseverance in the Lord and the model and example you are to guys like me. Absolutely. Love their families well and do it all the way to the end. Imperfectly sure, but led by the grace of the grace of the Lord. What do you think, Christine? What comes to your mind? Um, well, I think um that sometimes we're formed by our early experiences. And I think coming into marriage, that was something that was really pivotal for me and how I saw marriage. My parents were divorced when I was young. And um, so I had, I just brought a lot of things. I, not that I really had all things, ideas about how marriage should work, but I had a really clear picture of how I didn't want it to go for us. Um, and so I, um, I think that sometimes either that early experience or even just walking through with other people who are going through really hard things or even observing from a distance marriages that persevere through really difficult hurtful things but that they they you know press into the lord and and there's just a story of redemption within it Mm -hmm. um those things are really powerful i feel like in helping um helping us like walk through um and also going back to the friendship thing um that was one of the blessings we had when we were dating. Our youth group was really tight and we hung out together all the time. Yeah. And there was just a lot of just hanging out and being friends and laughing together. And that's something that um, all throughout marriage that we've been blessed to get to laugh together and mm-hmm. be friends. And um, one other thing that I thought of was someone that um, early in our marriage told me, um, you know, your first ministry is, was, is within the four walls of your house Mm. and that's something that's always stuck with me as well just that being able to prioritize and have had really wise women who have you know always put that before me 
like you're you're in ministry but still your husband's your first ministry your kids like they're they're the places the closest ones to you kind of thing and so and I, and I think to add to that is just having having a being self-aware enough to know that we're all in our marriages walking miracles like we're mm-hmm. all we're all eking our way by mm-hmm. but by the grace of God and and so um, I think realizing that we're broken and how much we all need the Lord and to have the feeling that everyone else's marriage is perfect and I'm the one that's right. we're the ones that are broken um, I think realizing that we're all in this we're all in the yeah. trenches together and and so if you are hurting if you are struggling you're not the only one you know speak out get help get encouragement find that community of people to walk through those things with um, that's a the biggest thing I would no, encourage that's, folks. That's good. Um, Amanda, what do you think, what's been important to you, to us? What, what stands out to you think about, about marriage? I know this is something that's important to you. Uh, what, what's kind of on your mind right now? So, I mean, definitely what Christine talked about, the idea of like early on, like just like a model that you have and saying like, I don't want to replicate that. I feel like has been um, really huge in our lives and in our family trying to establish that. And so again, like we talked about like on Sunday, so Philippians 2 has been huge for us just thinking about baseline. What does that look like in order to not replicate something that maybe we've seen that we don't want to imitate? What is it that we should imitate in marriage? And that idea of like serving one another, truly putting the needs above your spouse above your own, not saying that you don't, you're not aware of your own needs. You're not communicating your own needs. I feel like there's like that balance, right? Because I feel like, unfortunately. You have to stay healthy personally. Yeah. In the church, I think just, it happens. People feel like they need to be a walking doormat sometimes. And that's not what we're called to be. You're not a martyr. And that was really hard for me to even learn in early like parenting, like having to figure out this, how do I care for my husband? How do I care for my kids? How do I also care for myself? Because I did you really put well. put that air mask on first. <laughs> yeah, like I did really well taking care of other people, yeah. and I was awful at taking care of myself. And that idea, so what Owen's talking about the air mask is when you're on the airplane, they always tell you that if you have a child next to you, you need to put your air mask on first before you put on your child's air mask. And that was huge for me, having to come to terms with that and really understanding I was not doing a good job of taking care of my own self. Like I was elevating everyone else. And then, like, almost like my family was losing out on the best version of me because I wasn't taking care mm. of myself. And it it wasn't selfish. It truly was, like, allowing God to cultivate in me who he made me to be. I had a good conversation with somebody earlier today, and we were just talking about this idea of sometimes we apologize for ourselves, right? And unfortunately, we're apologizing for how God made us. Mm. And I feel like that is so difficult and so challenging because that's also a gift and it's a gift in your marriage, right? Like it's a gift how God made you. So if he makes you an overthinker, it's not a bad thing. Like it does have a good side. It can have a bad side, right? It can have a side that needs some refinement, but it also has a good side, just like being whatever that personality trait is, right? That somebody struggles with or deals with. I think the other thing I think about what we were referencing back to what we talked about earlier, how we are different I always say that I've made Owen funnier and <laughs> and he makes Hopefully. me and he makes me think before I speak. So the two of those I feel like have rubbed off. Yeah, yeah. And iron cyber iron. It know, does. So, yeah. It does. But over time I feel like that's true though. Yeah. And having to see like in some ways you you grow together but you also become like them in some ways. Like you see mm-hmm. the gift that they are. One of my favorite things I think that you've done for me is you have always talked about like your desire for me is to see me flourish. And for me, that's huge because just if anyone knows my personality, uh, if you are someone with a strong personality to buck up toward me, I'm going to buck up back. And so 
in our marriage, it would not go well <laughs> if he was like, you need to blank. That would not work for us. Instead, he comes humbly. He models. And I just sit there and I'm like, ha, ah, like I just watch. And I think I need to be like that, right? Like, and I think that that's a key thing. Like everyone is different in their marriages, how they work. And as a Christ follower, I think sometimes you unfortunately hear people and because of the context of just society, you think that Christian marriages should look one way. And that has always been really helpful for me when I think of this idea of marriage as saying that you want your spouse to flourish, but you also are doing it by providing opportunities and likewise modeling humility. Mm -hmm, Like I want to serve you so you can flourish, not I'm going to come at you. And call that flourishing. It's not going to happen. No. Thanks for saying that. I, I think I hope that is true for for our lives. And I think about growing up in a family where I had, by all accounts, just an unbelievable uh, marriage example set for me by my parents. Just they're an unbelievable marriage and, and people. And so I think what I learned from my parents in that that Amanda and I talk about all the time. We probably over talk about this, but it's something important to us. Is this idea of seasons of life. And my parents were so good about allowing seasons of life just to develop. They were never forcing us to live in a previous season of life. And they were always excited about the next season of life that, that was to come. And we've experienced that so much in marriage of just allowing that marriage to continue to grow through these different seasons. And it was fun where we came from. And it's going to be even more fun where we're going. And we're just going to keep allowing the Lord to, to lead us and write this story. And so... I think I learned that from my parents and Amanda and I, that idea has helped us get through a lot. And we just realized the season of life we're in right now is not forever, though it feels like forever when you're in the middle of it. Um, But the Lord's working in that season and there's going to be another one to come. And so whatever season you're in right now in your marriage, know the Lord's faithful. He's at work. Uh, We'd love to encourage you, pray for you. You reach out to us anytime, Emmaus, if we can pray for you, pray for your marriage, pray for people around you. Uh, and bring somebody with you February 5th to this marriage night. I know it's going to be an encouragement, and I want to pray for us, and we'll wrap up today. So, ladies, thanks for being here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for these friends around this table. God, thank you for the gift of incredible wives that you've given to to me and to Jaron. And, God, I thank you for these ladies, their desire to serve you, that they've been called to ministry, and they're living that out in so many ways. And, who they are as wives and friends and mothers. And God, I, I thank you for that. God, thank you for Emmaus as a place where we want to see strong families, strong marriages grow. And God, we know alongside that, that includes incredible love and support from our single friends and, and us back toward them, that our families are stronger as we all come together in the church. And so God, guide us ahead in this in the days to come. And we pray for our students this weekend at United Weekend, that you would continue to do great things in their lives. And uh, God, that they too would grow up to know what it looks like to have healthy families, healthy marriages, and most of all, that they would grow up flourishing to be who you've created them to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am... I would be thrilled to have two Owens around, but I'm glad you're not Owen. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be glad about that too. Uh, hey, if you guys can get us some crumble cookies, you know, in in the future, if Crumble wants to sponsor. I mean, I'm sure we can find a. That's also good for marriage too, I guess. To or a chiropractor. Or a chiropractor, <laughs> so you good. can recover from your little gymnastics <laughs> thing. So, all right, see you, Mayus. We love you. See you Goodbye. soon. Bye. Adios.